We're the Cullies, and we decided to sell everything and move on to a boat. Are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't say that. All right. Well, for now, we're going to drop anchor, make ourselves comfortable, and tell you a story. This is episode 21 of the Drop Anchor Podcast. Baby, it's cold outside. Hey everybody, this is Josh. This is Kendra. And we are recording a little late this time around. Uh, We had a really busy weekend uh, taking Hayden out to the regatta up in Silverdale, Washington. And rather than trying to bring out all the recording equipment, although I I did bring it out, rather than trying to record out there, uh, we decided to wait until early Monday morning to get this done. Yeah, it's kind of loud outside. It was, and it wasn't interesting sounds. It was just a sound of people murmuring everywhere we went. Or the French bulldog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Snorting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird sound. Uh, not great audio. So, Well, I, I think you should say, like, I don't know. Normally, I don't know the last time we said we record on Saturday mornings while the kids are still sleeping. But this weekend, it was up early Saturday morning to get out the door to the regatta Right, a little over an hour away. Time we caught home that night, we're tired, and then repeat Sunday. Right. It was a great weekend, just kind of a long weekend for us. Yeah. And the regatta does end early on Sunday, but I had a bunch of wet sailor clothes because she capsized and we don't have a washer and dryer. That's right. So I had to go to the laundromat late. <laughs> it's a different crowd at night, too. Yeah. <laughs> That'll, that'll be a story for another time. Um, meanwhile, it is early Monday morning. We're, gonna, we're trying to get this done. And uh, we've, got, we've got some interesting things. It, this time of year in Washington is when we start getting frost. We start getting uh, a little bit colder. I well, think it, no. Normally, it's raining a lot by now. And That's true. We haven't we had a lot of rain. not had a lot of rain. No. Um, although, I think the last couple of years by now, wasn't it already snowing? No, I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> well, never mind on that then. But uh, the windows have been freezing in the mornings, which not that big of a deal if your car is parked in the garage. Uh, then you know you don't have to worry about that. You just open the garage door and back the car out. But we no longer well, have a garage. But I wasn't in the garage at the last house. Oh, that's true. But I was in close enough range to hit my um, starter thingy. Oh, yeah, your key has a remote on it yeah. so that you can warm up the so, car before you get to it. Right, so I just go to the door, start my car, you know, eight minutes before we got to leave. Yeah, it doesn't reach the parking lot. <laughs> Not from the boat. Not no. from the boat. No, and so one of the consequences is every morning when I take the girls to school, I leave about five minutes before they do. I get up to the car and I warm it up to, to defrost the windows and, and warm the car up a bit. It's... It's not that big of a deal. It's just another one of those things where, okay, we do things a little bit differently here. We Have, have to... you lost weight? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure all this walking because... has caused me <laughs> to lose thinking... weight. <laughs> so you wake up early. I start doing you know, breakfast, getting kids up. You walk the dog. Oh, right. So even early. before I take the girls. So you've already walked up once. Yep. Then, then by back. the time you get back, you have enough time for like a cup of coffee. And then you got to walk the dog again. Yep. But you know what happens when you're gone? What? I have to do all the things. <laughs> like what? I just named them. 
I gotta do your job and my job. <laughs> you do the dog and the oh, oh, car. Oh, you mean when I'm gone, like oh, away yeah, like, from home? Yeah, you don't mean like when I'm gone taking the girls to school. No, your business okay. trips that take you overnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be good for you. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I think the kids know that it's more work, and they're a little bit more helpful on the days you're gone. So I was gone once since we've been on the boat, mm-hmm. and so the fact that they were helpful once does not a pattern make, as they say. We'll see what happens this week as I head out on another trip. Uh, fortunately, it's only one night. Nobody can see me sticking my tongue out at you. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens there. But anyhow, uh, with the cold, in addition to the windows being uh, frosted over, the docks get a little bit slick. Mm-hmm. The caretaker here at the marina, his name is Robert, on really, really bad mornings, he's out there with the salt and sprinkling salt all over the docks where people are supposed to walk. And, and that's but been fine. But not the whole dock. Not the whole dock. He does it in the, in the more trafficked areas. Right. And the I guess our section of the marina is the least trafficked area. Well, we're like at the end. So why would you help the two people like that are going <laughs> to walk on it versus, you know, the 30 people? Right. So... Uh, we'll probably never get salt down here. Probably not. He did mention that if I wanted to, I could grab a bag of salt <laughs> and have that be part of my morning routine, which oh, actually... Like, while you're walking the dog. Well, you yeah, just, exactly. Just sprinkle salt while I'm walking the dog up. you like a little flower girl dropping salt. <laughs> 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 yes, I guess. Um, anyhow, so frozen windshields, frozen docks, and part of the dock is okay. Like, there's concrete, there's, um, as far as the walkway, there's areas that are concrete, there's areas that are metal and have little treads in them so it's easy to to walk on without slipping. The wood actually gets the most slick. Mm-hmm. And right outside our area, there's a section of the dock that is slightly slanted. It's not perfectly level. And so I, every single morning as I'm walking out there, I imagine at least one of our children if it was really frozen, just sort of sliding to the I guess side. I I don't of... know what you're talking about. Huh. Well. You'll have to show me. I'll show it to you. Yeah. It's, I don't know I, what you're I, Well, about. then clearly it's not so dramatic that it's a worry for you. But it's just something that I kind of I see. Being the klutzier one, I think I would have noticed. But... Well, then being the klutzier one, <laughs> <laughs> you might be the one that slips and falls then. Um, it, so it hasn't frozen too hard, but one of the things that Robert, the caretaker, did mention is the last couple of years when there's been a hard freeze. Which is like below maybe what? Um, You know, I, I I don't know, actually. I know that as far as we've gotten, like we've gotten down to 25, 26 degrees here Fahrenheit. So that's like negative three, negative you four. You mean in the last week Celsius. or so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that it's gotten cold enough to burst pipes and... Because these boathouses don't have any insulation in them, your pipes, if you're running them inside, are just literally running up against metal siding, which they're going to freeze. So in addition to that, the pipes that run outside to the docks where all the water lines are, those can freeze and crack and cause a major problem as well. And so Robert actually said when he knows that it's going to be a hard, hard freeze, he just turns the water off, completely turns the water off, blows out the lines to protect them which means then we have no water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have all that entails. <laughs> you know, but we knew that this last week, and so we kept an eye on the tanks. Yep, that they were full. full, just in case one of the nights he would turn it off. And this week was the first week we didn't run out of water. 
but maybe because we kept filling it in like anticipation yeah, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> thinking we're gonna lose water we better keep it full so we didn't lose water this week that's the first time right and we're on four weeks um yeah well the third was one month right so yeah we're at a month i mean if we want to measure it that way so if there is a hard freeze and it lasts for multiple days we can't just not shower but that doesn't really happen here right well i mean it, it happened last year and the year before that where they would have kept it off for a couple of days for several days yeah because the lines aren't going to thaw out so just heads up <laughs> there is a hotel in walking distance well, there's also showers here at the marina. What are we drinking? Oh, so if we fill the tanks and we're not taking showers with the water, then that 150 gallons will last a really long time. I have like no words, so. As in you're concerned? Well, as in <laughs> I would rather let's just live. Let's not talk about it because it might stress me out and I don't want an added stress. All right. Because I still love being on the boat so much. <laughs> <laughs> Not having any water might change that a little bit. Well, it might make it interesting. Yeah. I think that we ought to keep some water jugs in the boathouse, or at least in a place where maybe it won't freeze, like maybe on the boat, so that should there be an extended period of time where we have no access to running water, that we That is least... interesting. When we got the boathouse, I cleared out a bunch of water jugs because I was like, this is weird. Why do they have so many water jugs? water jugs in here and so i thought these are probably really old we just went through a hot summer plastic that's kind of gross so i got rid of them yep maybe but that's why maybe they had them. that's why they had them yeah so that's maybe living on a boat you always want extra water i know that when we were trying to decide if we wanted to just have the boat or have a boat house that one of the other members here mentioned that the nice thing about a boathouse is that it never gets as cold inside. I mean, right along the metal siding, yeah, it's going to freeze. But he actually said that it never really got below 40 in his boathouse. Okay, so it's like we're in a garage. We talked about that when we were debating. No, 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 right? right. What so, I mean, my car's windows are frosted over. We wouldn't get frosted over in a boathouse, but boats outside will. Yeah, I mean, we've... our boat hasn't frosted over right but we have heaters running true so actually what i was actually saying was my first my first thought was if we had water jugs in the boathouse like it, they might freeze over but actually no probably not because the boathouse stays 40 degrees i don't know winter is coming winter. <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> 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 yeah, that show is over. Um, well, I, it's just funny because it really is. Like, I'm serious. Right. It's going to get colder. It's going to get colder. We might get snow again for like <laughs> so the I'm third or fourth year in a row. Out of seriousness. Right. We'll find out. I, Stay tuned. I don't know. I'll have to ask some of the other liveaboard folks here who obviously run heaters at night and heaters during the day. I tend to turn most of the heaters off and then I yeah, let thanks. the boat get kind of cold. <laughs> Everyone should know we're freezing. <laughs> I wake up at five in the morning and I shake you and I'm like, I'm so cold. Can we please just turn on the heater a little bit? You know what you say? I don't it's know. It's going to cost us money. We don't know how much is the bill going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. So we should freeze until we find out how much it costs. Well, okay. So I have a, a greater tolerance for cold than I think everyone in the family does. You also like, you prefer to be under the blankets and it be cold. Yeah. But our kids hate blankets. Like a lot of them. They all prefer like one little blanket. For some reason, they don't like 
big, thick comforters. I've bought them. They don't like them. Okay. They'll sleep on top of them and put a blanket over them. Hmm. So they're and not they're cold. They are cold. But they should use the blankets. <laughs> well, That's why they have them. It's true. Some of them are still at the house because I have the house staged. But maybe 63 degrees in the house is too cold to sleep. Tell him 63 is <laughs> too cold. Okay. So. One morning it was 57. Not in our room. Up here. Up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It doesn't matter what temperature it is up here. We're not sleeping out 57. here. 57. Okay. So that's the cold. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue working on how to manage that. And what's funny is come the summer, we'll be talking completely differently about how are we going to cool the boat That's down. what I said last week. <laughs> right. I said, wait for the four seasons. This is going to get interesting. Right. There's always going to be something. So I will continue to tweak the different ways we can keep the boat warm at night so that uh, the kids aren't complaining about and you aren't complaining about it being so cold. No, but the one thing that... We do have, because I, I mentioned this before, I follow a lot of people who live on their boats, um, like on Instagram and stuff. And this time of year, as we're approaching winter and we're in fall, a lot of them are showing videos of dealing with water getting in the boat. Leaks. Windows oh, and stuff like that. Oh, because rain and stuff. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, season. it's rain and snow now across the country. And so if I follow them, you know... I think there's one in Portland and stuff like that. So under the, in in the boathouse, we're not dealing with that. Not at all. It's actually I mean, so nice. <laughs> it also means we don't know if this boat has any leaks because we haven't lived in it in the rain yet. Right, right. To address a leak. Well, that's true. The, the boat did live out in the open before we bought it. And there, I mean, there might be little hidden places where water had gotten here and there, but it's not like like all the cabinets oh, were destroyed because of water damage right. like that. So, so there's that. Other thing, this week uh, I did a minor repair on our dinghy. I don't think it's minor. Well, it's it's minor in the sense that it didn't cost a lot of money and it wasn't a terrible amount of work. Well, it looked like hard work to me. <laughs> um so when we bought our boat, it came with a dinghy. A lot, of, a lot of larger boats come with a dinghy, and they either serve as like a life raft or like a if you're anchored out there, that's how you get to shore and whatnot. And I wouldn't want to not have one. Yeah, no, for sure, okay. for sure. Um, the, one of the little nuances about our dinghy, and there's two. One is that uh, the rubber portion seems to be leaking air somewhere. It's it's an inflatable raft with a hard bottom. And they're really nice. It's just it, over time they will leak air. And this one leaks air a little bit faster. And so I'm doing some research on uh, different ways I can prevent that. One of the things find that's... Find the leak. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that's a, kind of a cheap way to find the leak is you just run soapy water all over it. I tried doing that. Uh, you I, did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, that's while you were gone. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't find where it was leaking out. So the leak might be very, very slow. In fact... It, it usually it's it's completely filled during the day and then the next morning it has deflated a bit and so the leak might be so small I can't find it that way um, but that's that's a problem for another time uh, the, the other thing that was an issue is the steering had been really really stiff and uh, like I, I took it out I've you know, taken the dinghy out a couple of times and just steering is just a major bear and I thought that maybe uh, one of the shafts just needed to be lubricated a bit more. And so I tried, you know, putting more, uh, more grease into it and it didn't help at all. So 
started doing some research and started taking things apart, which is kind of how I <laughs> how I figure things out. And after I took it apart, I, f- I was able to isolate where the problem was. It's uh, the steering box. Uh, actually, how many people do you think just take things apart? Yeah, I know. Like, not a lot. It's not in me to say, oh, this isn't working. I am going to just take it apart. Not even sure. Like, I, I can't comprehend that. <laughs> I imagine you were trouble as a child. Um, I don't imagine. I know. I think there's okay. So yeah, I I was the kid that was constantly taking things apart, and you know when you're like what? Um, there's a story that my mom. Uh, there's a story that my mom and dad told me when I was younger about me being at my grandma's house and I was playing with her phone, like one of those rotary telephones. And for back, those of you that don't know, it's got like a cord <laughs> and it's hooked into the wall. Right, all you youngins. Um, and this kind of phone had a the, the both the uh, oh, both the speaker and the microphone portion could be unscrewed from the handset, and so mm. so that's uh, what I did. I unscrewed it and w- was really curious about how it all worked. And being I don't know five, four, five, six years old, I didn't know how to put it back together. So I think that for a lot of people, did you break it? Who, yeah, I think a lot of people who witnessed <laughs> me doing that kind of thing. Uh, might have just might have just thought I was a destructive kid. I don't think that one broke. I think that that was just a matter of unscrewing it and screwing it back together. Did you take apart a blow dryer? Was it a blow dryer? Uh, I don't remember doing that. That might have been my cousin Thor. <laughs> he liked to take things apart too, like you. Yeah. He liked well, to see how they worked. That, no, that's exactly it. There, there's right. this intellectual curiosity of seeing something and knowing there's something going on inside, and I don't mm-hmm. know how it's happening, and so I'm curious about it. Right. Some people just like the magic and they're like, yes, this thing works. Yeah, you flip a switch, light turns on, right. good to like, go. Um, and there are people who want to know why. Yeah. And and I'm, I mean, that's probably the best way I describe it because people have asked me, you know, how do you know how to work on things or, you know, what made you get into that sort of thing? And um, one of the, one of the stories that I kind of tell is literally about flipping on a light switch. Like you flip a light switch on, light turns on, and you're happy. Me, I'm very, very curious about the path that the wires took to get there, what else might be routed on that same line, et cetera. And so taking things apart is the only way that I can sort of scratch that curious itch. Did your dad take things apart? Um, that's interesting. I have two different pictures of my dad as it relates to working on things. Uh, on the one hand, uh, as far as I recall, my dad didn't know how to change oil on a car which now that I work on cars as a hobby, that's baffling to me because it just seems like an ordinary part of working on a car or doing anything. And I realize that a lot of people don't know how to change their oil. Um, <clears throat> but on the other hand, my dad was, was into electronics. And so he had bought a little electronics kit and wires, switches, light bulbs, power supply, and uh, little motors and that kind of stuff. And so I don't know if it was as much me seeing my dad take things apart but more watching my dad put things together and hmm. realizing, oh, okay, things are a bunch of small systems. Everything is, is everything complex is just a bunch of simple systems put together. Hmm. And so that's, I guess that's how I view the world. So going back to the whole steering thing, I'm looking at the stiff steering on our dinghy. And I suppose if I try to get into someone else's head, the solution might be, well, I'll go take it to the repair guy and they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what I was getting at. I mean... In our marriage, thank you to YouTube, too, for the last, I don't know, what has it been, 12, 15 years or something like that, that that's been around. I know that 
we can YouTube things and people have video themselves fixing certain things. Yeah. And so that's helpful. Yeah. It's like having a teacher in your back pocket. No, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. So I know that we've turned to that a few times for things. And in fact, to, to work on the steering for the dinghy, that's, I had to do that as well. I think the other part that may, might have fueled some of my I need to fix it kind of mentality is that we did grow up poor. Mm. So I think a lot of people, if they have something that's broken, either they're comfortable just paying someone to fix it or they just buy a new thing. And that wasn't an option growing up. I know. I think we don't do a very good job of that with our own kids. I think there's more resources. I don't know. I feel like it's a more, even more so throwaway world. Yeah. Than no, it absolutely. Used to is. be. I remember as a kid, things got fixed more. Yeah. There were appliance fixing places. My uncle ran one. Yeah. Like you would take your appliance in to get fixed. But a lot of times now, and especially because that's how they're made, they're made to last like five years. I had a washing machine go out, and when I asked the guy at the store, he said they they basically have so many cycles in them, and the bigger your family is, the more you use it, the shorter the life cycle, but they just don't really fix them anymore. Right, you just buy a new one. You just buy a new one. Yeah. And But we didn't grow up like that as a kid. I mean, my grandma had a green washer and dryer because it came out of like, you know, the 50s. And that was in like 2000. I remember she still had a green washer and dryer. It lasted forever and she would take it to a repair guy. Yeah. And I think that's, well, as far as how the world works and us moving from a time period where things did last longer and so repairing it made sense versus uh, in addition to a throwaway mentality, just things don't last as long anyway. So you repair one thing on the washer and then the next thing on the washer breaks because it's a million little electronic parts that are cheap and right now we're dealing with electronics exactly where you didn't have electronics in the old one right same with cars right yeah yeah you got computers and chips and (laughs) you don't just use your hand to you know you're just gonna wrench on it right no i was thinking cranking the window like back in the day you know you probably still can get those yeah but I'm okay. So with <laughs> with windows in a car, though, that's just a, a couple of small, simple systems oh, that I'm familiar. I with. I don't so know much in the electronics. <laughs> but one thing I think is cute is like so. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of like, you as a kid that I've gone through, and your dad taught you to take an old bike and make it new again. He spent time. Oh, so that's not what's happening in that picture. <laughs> oh, I have such a cute picture in my head yeah. of what's happening. So what's happening in that picture, actually, is that was, again, we were poor growing up. And it wasn't just taking an old bike and making it new again. It was someone had thrown away some bikes. And there were parts of this bike that were functional, parts of that bike that were functional. And we basically assembled a bike out of broken bikes. Oh, my gosh. What? Well, there's now a piece of our marriage that makes so much more sense. (laughs) Why? I used to collect old bike Yes. No, not just parts. So our very like first, well, I guess it's the second house we lived in was like our first like house house. Uh And we had maybe only one kid at the time, maybe only Hayden. Yeah. And you collected so much crap. Our backyards are turning into a junkyard. Like I was so upset. Somebody was giving away a microwave and it needed something fixed and you took it. So we had this shed, we were on like half an acre and there was a shed in the back of the yard and you just started filling it with stuff. And every time I go back, there'd be something new along with maybe six bikes. Yeah. Just broken, weird Here's what's weird though. uh, There's another layer of complexity here. 
Um, so going back to my dad and I, or really my dad fixing bikes or mm-hmm. putting bikes together, um, A, that for me, like I wasn't embarrassed by that because I just was a kid who wanted a bike and I loved that I got a bike, right? I, and I think I was blessed that I never had anyone make fun of me for Didn't having an old- did he paint it? I mean, he made it look yeah, like Yeah, oh one. yeah, rattle can, I mean, you know, spray can, just paint it black, that kind of thing. Right. Um, there was one time where I think I had started to outgrow that bike. And so my dad, being who he was, found some more bike parts and made me another bike. But it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know how kids think these things. It wasn't as fast. And I was angry. <laughs> I remember being so mad that this this other bike was. And how is it not as fast? It's the it's gearing. Just, it's just how your fast your legs, legs can, go. can go. Right, right. But there's gearing. And so anyhow, I couldn't go as fast. I couldn't keep up with my friends. So I was mad. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But. No, what you're what you're describing in that house that we lived in, where I had those all those bicycles. Do you remember when um, I first started welding, and yes. I made? I, I think that someone had asked me if I could weld them up a cart to connect to their goat, mm-hmm. like a little goat, like a horse-drawn cart, but like a, for a goat. And a, I had never seen one before, so I had to get online to kind of figure that out. And b, the easiest way to make that was to actually use bicycle parts because the wheels would be from a bicycle the uh the actual bicycle forks would hold the wheel in place it it actually was a pretty simple process and i actually started collecting bikes because i thought i'd be able to make more of those because someone paid me 160 bucks to make that which as i'm looking back that's not very much to pay a welder because i put a lot of time into it but i also Mm -hmm. had never done that before so i only go i didn't know what i was doing Uh, (laughs) i have no idea if it worked or anything but they paid me for it um, but that's actually why I had those bikes. Hmm. It wasn't because I had some sort of weird fixation on like rebuilding bicycles or anything. But you also had sort of a hoarding issue for a few years with like collecting things or not wanting to see someone throw something away and like having that pile. I'll get to that someday. Yeah. Do you know what changed? No. I got mad. Um. Well... Uh, maybe maybe that was part of it i moved us onto a boat when we uh, many years later um when we were first married uh, we i wasn't making any money at all like i I think in our first no no, yes i know you know but that's the connection we were poor and not didn't have a lot of resources but i still wanted to be able to do things and so collecting other people's broken things and like either fixing them or making something out of them was sort of how I dealt with We also didn't have a lot of time on our hands because we were trying to find jobs and raise small children. Sure. So they didn't really, nothing happened with that stuff. No, I built a goat cart, remember? (laughs) But there were so many more bikes and a microwave. Yeah. broken microwave. I didn't end up doing anything with the microwave. And a rundown truck on the side of the yard. Um, That white Datsun truck on the side of the yard. No, I traded that. Oh, no, I got... It was no. blue. It wasn't white. Oh, I thought it was... Don't ask me colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I did have a whole lot of scrap vehicles. And part of it was there were spare parts on those that I knew that I could use for my actual project car. Right. But what do you do with the rest of the car? If you're buying a whole car for a few parts for your car, what do you do with the rest of the car that you scrapped from? Well, I would have paid to have it towed away, but again, we didn't have any money. So I had to wait until like, I, there was a time when recycling got really big and there were people putting out all these ads for like, hey, I'll take away your car for free because they would just turn around and recycle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's what I ended up doing. This couple came out 
and uh, they were super shady. Well, it's because we were moving. Oh, yeah, so yeah, when we decided too. we were moving from that house and we were moving to California, so there was a lot we couldn't take. Right. Then it came, now, honey, you have to deal with. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> your bikes and your cars and your microwave. <laughs> so anyhow, yes. So bringing us back up to the present, <laughs> uh, we have, well, I, I, I don't, I don't think I have a lot that I've been collecting still as far as like, I might need this. I might need that. Um, You, you don't so much anymore. I think you still have a little bit of the, like, what if is kind of where you run on. Yeah. And so you have a hard time getting rid of things that and i'm such the opposite i hate holding on to things but you kept a lot of knickknacks that uh <laughs> that we had to move from okay, house to house to house but i would like it to be clear <laughs> that the storage unit we now own because we live on a boat is mostly you you think it's mostly me yes all right well tools and a car oh i'm sorry tools <laughs> are not hoarding at all no they're not <laughs> Okay. You never know when you're going to need that special wrench for that. I don't know. I don't work with tools. I kept my sewing machine. That's yeah. my tool. All right. So, the dinghy. <laughs> it's uh, fixed. After taking it apart and figuring out exactly where the problem was, uh, found a new steering box, got it installed uh, in, in an evening, and uh, yeah, so now the steering works perfectly, and we've taken it out a bunch, and that's so, cool. And we've been asked, so the reason we take it out is because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't need it right now. We're not trying to go to shore. We aren't, our boat's not sinking and it's our, like, what do you, what'd you call it? Life raft? Yeah. We're not using it for that right now. Right, right. Um, simply in the evenings and the beautiful sunset and the water's calm and the birds are out. And the other day we went and the little seals pop up next to you. We're just having fun on the water. There's one other practical reason that I'm not sure if you knew. I want to take the dinghy out at least once a week because it's good to exercise the motor. If you let a gas motor oh. just sit, especially in the winter, if you just let it sit, it'll gum the the fuel will gum up and you'll have to rebuild a big chunk of the motor, which is not great. Mm -hmm. So that's the other reason why. That's why I have you, Captain. <laughs> well, you probably won't want to go on the dinghy rides with me when it's freezing, freezing cold, but I will still run the engine at least uh, off the back of the boat. Yeah. So. We have to run the the engines on the big boat, too. Correct. Um, as well as the generator, which at least once a month, uh, kick the generator on, leave it on, running for 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, mm -hmm. And then as far as the, the big diesel engines that power the boat, Probably at least once a month we need to take it out, run it around the bay, come back just to keep those exercised as well. And we've owned the boat for a month and we haven't taken it out. I know. That bums me out. And we've been really we've sad been busy, yeah. about that. We we really Every came weekend close. hoping. Yeah, we came close <laughs> to taking it out this weekend uh, because we got to, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, we got to go to Silverdale, which is a town up north from us, for a sailing regatta. And it was so pretty. Beautiful weather. So pretty. And there's dock that we could have had the boat on. There was nobody there where we've seen in the summer it gets really busy up really there. Really crowded, yeah. But there was nobody there. We could have had a perfect spot, brought our home with us <laughs> to the regatta. Right. Kids getting tired. Uh, you know, they're bored. Just just go in the boat. Just go right. home. Right. Because the right. younger two were bored. Right. It was like, oh, if we had the boat, they could have right. just 
hung out in the boat. The only the only problem is Hayden had to be up in Silverdale at like ten nine ten. Yeah, and then the night before, if we were to leave the night before, Morgan was in a play. She's in a play this year. Right. Until late that night. So, right. so it takes six to seven hours right. to, to get up there by We would have to do like an overnight trip in the dark. Right. Which I'm excited to do one day. <laughs> oh, no. I just, well, no. I mean, I do want to do that at some well, point. Well, it's all kind of scary, but we know we have to do it, you know, and we want to do it all. But like we, you were talking about anchoring out this weekend. Oh, yeah. We, you guys want to know something funny? We've never anchored out. The name of our podcast <laughs> is, is you know, the Drop Anchor Podcast, but we have literally never been in a situation where we had to drop our anchor we've always just like moored either on a mooring buoy or at a marina at the dock and i think it's something so simple but yet sounds so scary to me and i don't know why like i don't know how deep it is i don't know if we caught anything i don't know like those weird scary videos of people bringing up their anchors like too fast or something and it hitting their boat and putting a hole in their boat oh okay like yeah I thought you were going Halloween scary and like we brought up zombies. I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> what? I don't do Halloween scary. So the, yeah, me neither. The The nice thing is the whole how deep is it, we have tools for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are unsafe places to anchor where there's either data cables or electric cables running under the water. And our all of our charts tell us where those are. So, I know. It- you know what? We're going to do that the next time we go out. <laughs> We're going to anchor out. And put a hole in the boat. We're not going to put a hole in the boat. (laughs) That's my fear. Uh, We don't have the kind of anchor that could easily puncture the boat. How's that? Our our Tolly Craft World boat has, uh, its anchor has spiky parts. Yeah. The new one on this, uh, the anchor on this boat does not. But aren't anchors all meant for like different ground? How do you know what kind of ground you're on? Like aren't some for sand, some for rock, some for, I don't know, weeds? There's weeds, seaweeds. Yep. Um, No, that's a good question. There, there are anchors that are specialized for different kinds of ground, and then there are uh, general anchors, I guess, that are kind of okay in every situation. Hmm. Um, The Tollycraft, for whatever reason, has the kind of anchor that's very good for sand and and like burying in shallow ground. But how do you know? How do I know what? What the ground is in the water. Oh. I see what you're saying. No, I have no idea. Right. We'll like, just have to read it <laughs> and ask people like, in that area. It's not like there's a sign up everywhere you want to drop anchor. Here lies rocks. That's true. Here is a nice sandy bed for your sand anchor. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, I have Maybe no idea. somebody who knows more about boats is listening and will correct me <laughs> in my knowledge of anchors. I have to think, <laughs> and this is where I could be wrong, and yeah, I'd like someone to correct me on this as well, or maybe I just do some research online. That an anchor generally is okay. Like there, there aren't. I suppose if you are in very, very rocky ground, there are certain kind of anchors that just aren't going to be able to grab hold based on their shape. Mm-hmm. But that most anchors that we're going to get here in the Pacific Northwest will be just fine for most conditions out here. I'm afraid of waking up and our boat is not where we left it. <laughs> no, like not in the water. Like we're too close to maybe where the tide goes out or we mm. drifted a weird way and the tide went out and then we wake up and there's no water under us. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be really bad. That's my fear. That's a, that's quite a fear you've got there. But I was going to go back to your like online thing. I know I mentioned YouTube and now you're saying online. I was trying to have that talk with the girls the other day, like that they just 
Google stuff, you know, what is this? And that we didn't have that when we were kids. No, we are older than Google. We are. Like we had to like read a book. Right. Or ask someone in the business, <laughs> I guess. Or read a book. <laughs> or like actually read the manual right. or something. <laughs> Couldn't you do it? No. How'd you get this thing to work? I got to read it. Yeah. That's true. I mean, all the stuff that I learned as far as uh, working on cars or working on electronics, uh, not, most of it was just learning from other people. No, you had those crazy books. I don't know if you still own them. They're not crazy. They're just <laughs> books. <laughs> okay. And I do still own them. Okay. Those are manuals. <laughs> See, I told you. I just remember they're like so old because your car is so old. Yeah. And I always, ha I dust and clean the shelves. I know. So that's when I see them. I don't read very many books. I clean them. <laughs> Interesting. Just kidding. I read uh -huh. sometimes. Sometimes. Um, okay. I'm sort of a push the button and see how it works. I hate reading. I hate manuals. That's why I haven't mastered the Instant Pot. <laughs> there's this funny, and I'll try to get it posted. Did we mention the whole Tom Hanks thing last time? So there's this funny video of Tom Hanks being asked like what his one regret is or one. No, like one thing you would do over or something. Yeah, his one regret. That's <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> so, uh, and you're expecting some sort of profound answer because it's Tom Hanks, right? And he's played so many roles. He's such a respectable character. And I'm like waiting to see what he's going to say. So, you know, you, what, what would be one thing you could do different? What would be one your one regret? And he says the most hilarious thing. And I think that maybe people who don't have an Instant Pot But they're becoming popular. I'm seeing more and more people... Like, yeah, well, help, everyone, help me. everyone who owns one uh, absolutely would relate, like, instantly. Uh, and it was the funniest thing. And he actually said, my my one regret, or the one thing I would change, whichever he said, um, would be not following the instructions on the or Instant no, Pot to, to follow, a T. Yeah, to follow them to a T. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you laughed for, like, three minutes straight on I that. I did, because I don't <laughs> like reading directions. <laughs> I'm, I know some people that do. I mean, I, I get a new thing. Um, I'm one of those button pushers. Like on the phone, you'll be looking at me <laughs> if it says to do something or on the computer. I have the time to don't even read it. I just know I'm like a child. It says push this, it'll go away. So I push it, it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, takes too much time to read the directions. No. no and I've it, learned so much in life by just doing. Do you know why some people get computer viruses on their computer? Because they just push buttons. Yeah, it's because there's unscrupulous people who create little websites and well, little pop-ups that say, hey, push OK to continue, and you're actually pushing OK to download a virus or whatever. So what do you push? Uh, An X? The X at the top? Yeah, Which you, I do you, sometimes that. Well, we're getting a little off topic here. But speaking of computers, <laughs> one of the next projects that I have for our boat is to create more navigation systems. So we've got a little handheld, well, I guess it's not handheld. We've got a little uh, chart plotter slash depth finder on the boat. And then I've got my phone, which I've also used for navigating. Uh, this, this boat has a screen at the lower helm, which normally you would have a navigation system plugged into it. But the previous owners had it set up to just take input from an iPad, and then they would just, you know, whatever chart plotter they were using on their iPad, they would use. And I thought, okay, that's no no problem. I, you know, we have iPads. 
none of them have a GPS chip in them. And so the iPads aren't really useful except for playing oh, the games. I, the <laughs> iPad doesn't have... It doesn't have the GPS in the it. The GPS yeah, in it. Yeah, correct. So that's not going to oh. be useful as a chart plotter. So I've been doing a little bit of research on how to connect my laptop to that screen and getting a little GPS hookup for it. Um, not terribly interesting for most people as, I, as I'm describing this. I'm thinking I'm bored. people's eyes might be glazing over. <laughs> but that'll be another project. But do you mine. know what's interesting? Huh? Because we've only been boating for two years, the only way we know to plot and chart is, is with our phones. With our phones. Yeah. So then there are people who've been boating for longer and are older and are laughing at us. Like we laugh at our kids about Google and they're laughing at us because they had paper charts. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so, that's true. We have paper charts too. We're supposed to have them, but we don't know how to use them I'm properly. pretty sure I could figure it out. I'm really good at maps. Yeah, that's true, but you you wouldn't, well, yeah. All right. It's going to have depth on there. Right. I've seen, I've looked at a couple of them. It has the depth. All right. I think I could figure it out. I'm really good with maps. I am terrible at a lot of things. (laughs) But I am very proud of my ability to know where I'm at and to read a map. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Then the next time we go out, I'll have my... Oh, I'd love it. My nerdy GPS plotter laptop system hooked together and you'll have your map and we'll just see how things are going. I love the challenge because I know I'm... How do you win? (laughs) <laughs> What's the challenge? <laughs> I don't know what the challenge is. Your, your, your job will just be to, to, to keep track of us on the map. I'm a winner all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything else that I feel I have an immediate need to fix on the boat. I do want to get the gauges for the water tanks. We have not fixed the girl's head, their oh. toilet. Yeah, that's true. So I've got some water issues <laughs> in the guest head or in the guest bathroom. I've got the gauges for the water tanks that I want to get addressed. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, though. I have a couple other things that I want to do to make things simpler for us, but not necessarily fix um, in different spots where outlets can go. Like the flybridge doesn't have any outlets, right. and since we like recording up there normally, we're down in the uh, in the like the living room of the main salon, salon yeah, uh, today. But um, since we like to be up in the flybridge to record, I want to plug a little space heater up there. So having an outlet up there would be nice. So running that, we, we recently put in really pretty lights, like uh, you know, they're, they're the outdoor lights. Yeah, little outdoor lights that people put on their back patios that are really pretty. We've got those on our boat now. So pretty. But I have to run an extension cord up through the flybridge door uh, in order to make that work. So uh, I'd like to get outlets up inside the flybridge. Anything else that you know that we needed to work on? That we want to work on? I don't. I can't think of anything. The list will keep getting bigger, though, because that's just boat life. Probably. I just feel like we've all adjusted really well to boat life. And I don't think... Everyone said the first month is hard. I don't think it's been very hard. But any It's been of, comical. It, it, this is oh. probably the funniest month that we're going to have just because of, of learning all the <laughs> all the different water systems. The And poop boat stuff? I mean, yeah. is that it? Yeah. I did it. I said poop boat. <laughs> you, you did. I, I thought we were going to go an episode without, without I mentioning was, it. was, but then you said like things have been comical and that's comedy. Yeah. Um, no, yet, I, we I, have adjusted well. I think I, the kids have adjusted well. They're ready to have friends over. Hayden, our oldest, she, she tends to panic about change or panic about things that she has to remember or get. 
and we talked about taking the boat out and immediately she was standing in her room telling her we might take the boat out for the weekend when we thought we would and she's like but I don't know what I'm going to need I don't know what I'm going to bring and then she just took a breath and looked at me and smiled and said that's right we're taking our house wherever we go (laughs) you don't have to worry about packing I have everything I need I think I like this boat life (laughs) there was a there was a, a day this week and I didn't I didn't talk to you about this where I was I was putzing around the house, like just picking some things up. You said house. I know, the boat. I was putzing around the boat and I got really, really sleepy all of a sudden. I think I'd just eaten something and I went back to the bed and just plopped down and, and just laid down. I didn't actually take a nap, but I thought, holy smokes, like I just feel like I can take a nap here. And the significance of that is up until this week, I felt like we were being on a boat, but I haven't internally felt like we were living on a boat. Oh, right. I felt that too. And it, it's yeah. kind of like, I guess when you go to a hotel and you're there for a few nights, like it, it never feels like home. It just feels like you can get comfortable and you can kick your feet up, watch TV or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily feel like home. Yeah. It wasn't until this week when I went to lay back and like get comfortable to take a nap, I thought, I can only do that if I feel like this is home. Oddly, that happened to me too this week, but for a different reason. Huh. I don't love TV. I don't love that 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 sometimes that's what the kids want to do or we do as a family, but we got internet and TV hooked up this week. Yeah, and so we watched TV for the first time one night as a family. So we're all laying out on the couch and the floor, and we watched TV, not just a movie, but we can you know hook up to TV, and that kind of was it for me. Oh, interesting. So that's funny. Yeah, that, it became our family routine like that, that we right. had come from, and then we brought right. it here. It finally. was a long day. Everybody's ready for bed. Let's watch a quick little show before bed. Yeah. Everybody laid out, we oh, watched the funny. show, and then went to bed. And while we were all sitting here, I thought, now it now feels, it feels like, like home. home. Yeah, yeah. Again, I hate that it's around the TV. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That kind of sucks. But it was. I feel like it was the last piece till this was like home right. kind of because it was the last thing we needed and now we've got high speed internet and so we're running all that stuff right hmm. that's fun i mean it, it's fun that both of us kind of came to that feeling at the same week yeah you know, around the same time a, uh, month, a month in yeah i wonder if our girls have any concept of that we've moved them from house to house <laughs> to house so we for, have moved them a lot yeah and into different places we've been in the country we've lived in a neighborhood, we've lived in a camper, we've lived in a boat, we've lived in two states. Yeah. I don't know where they feel, but I moved a lot as a kid too, and for me, home was just my family. Yeah. So, hmm. it'd be interesting to see what they say. For me, home is, I guess, where I can take a nap, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> you can take a nap in your car. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. All right. I think that is all we have for today. Is there anything else that you have? No, we have to wrap it up because I'm freezing. We turned off the heat to record because it's kind of loud. the heater's loud, yeah. And I'm very cold. (laughs) All right. Well, all that being said, we'll catch you all next week. I love you, Kendra. I love you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Uh, make sure to stop by dropanchorpodcast.com to see what we're doing, both uh, in pictures and uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. We've got all the links there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>